since Easter Sunday, we've baptized 530 something people. And, and when you look back at that, it, it's been a constant wave. Every Sunday we're baptizing people. Every Sunday people are coming to faith in Christ. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. And now, your hosts, Bill Elif and Kyle Reno. Well, welcome to the One Cry Podcast, and uh, we're so glad you've joined us today. Uh, during these last weeks, Kyle, I'm Bill Elif. This is Kyle Reno as we co-host today. We've been talking about seven responses right. that are essential for revival and awakening. We talked about humility, yeah. honesty, uh, about uh, repentance, right. you know, all these different things that are essential. And today we're going to really talk about the place the Word of God has, yeah, right. both personally and corporately in yeah. revival. Yeah, it's, it's impossible to understand or know the Lord well without His Word, and it's impossible to experience revival yeah. outside of His Word. And so the Scripture has to have this centerpiece part in your mm-hmm. life personally, in the life of the church, and for sure in the proclamation mm-hmm. of the gospel. And so I know the Lord's taught you a lot about what Scripture looks like in your everyday life and in the mm-hmm. life of the church. So Bill, lean in for a little bit and share some stuff with us. You know, uh, when the Lord flipped my life around during the Jesus Movement in 1969 70, uh, my brother, uh, Jim, who really discipled me, challenged me to start reading through the Bible. Uh, it was the most important decision I ever made. And I, if somebody asked me today, uh, Bill, what's the key to anything spiritually in your life? It wouldn't take me a millisecond mm-hmm. to answer, to think of that answer. It's, it's giving myself daily, early in the morning, to reading the Word of God and praying. And uh, I guess for the last 52 years, uh, uh, we've done that consistently, sometimes once a year, sometimes multiple times a year, just reading through the Word of God. And there's a massive payoff of that at the end. And when we think about just revival and spiritual awakening uh, on our One Cry podcast here, we want to talk just a minute about the role of the Word of God in reviving us. Psalm 119, which is that great longest chapter in the Bible and all about the Word of God, mentions this three or four times. Listen to this, Psalm 119, 25. My soul cleaves to the dust. Revive me according to your word. Psalm 119, 107. I'm exceedingly afflicted. Revive me according to your word, O Lord. And in verse 154, plead my cause and redeem me, revive me according to your word. So obviously the psalmist knew something. He knew that the word of God would bring him back to life. And and, and that's because the word of God is God. Just as much as your words are you, the word of God is the emanation. It's what comes out of God in his mind and his heart and it's way that's just It's the way that that's verbalized to us, that it connects with us. It's just God. So the Word of God doesn't just uh, contain some nice thoughts some men wrote about God. It is God literally speaking 
to us. So it does things for us that nothing else can do. For instance, first of all, it revives us, right? I mean, this is what these passages are saying and brings us back to life again. So if we're walking on a path of that leads to death and destruction and sin, an unrepentant way, we read the Word of God and it corrects us and it revives our soul. It encourages us, right? Uh, it places courage in us. It instructs us. All these different things that bring us back to walking with Jesus and Jesus is life, right? To have him is to have life. And then it shows us the ways of God in revival. You know, David uh, said, Lord, show me thy ways that I may know thee. Everybody has their ways. I have my ways. You could say, well, Bill always does this or Kyle always does this. Uh, God has his ways. And the way that we find out those ways is by reading the Word of God and we learn uh, how he operates. Now, why that's so critical is you don't want to be walking in opposition to the ways of God and aborting his work. You want to get in on his ways. Henry Blackaby used to say that uh, the way we live the Christian life is by finding out where God is and joining him, right? So the more I understand how God operates, what he does, what is, what is his disciplining judgment hand like and why, why does he do things that way and what's the cycle of his movement in revival with the church? All these different things are only understood through reading the word of God. And then when we see that, we join him and get in on his on what God's up to. And then the word of God uh, keeps us in terms of revival from improper excesses in revival. There have been there have been whole groups, kind of a heretical groups that have uh, grown up around seasons of revival. Revival's messy, messy. Hmm. and and revival is uh, out of the ordinary. And so sometimes people will take a little something that they see and take it way beyond what God intends. Well, the Word of God is the tool that keep us, keeps us centered. Uh, there's this little passage in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 that says, don't quench the Spirit. I mean, when God is moving, you just, you just go with it. But then it says, don't despise what God is saying, His prophecy, but it says, examine everything carefully. Throw out what's bad and hold on to what's good. Well, how do we examine? When we hear somebody saying, well, God is like this, or this is the way you're supposed to live the Christian life, and it sounds a little off, how do we examine that? Well, there's one way. We hold it up to the Word of God, right? And and we see if it's if somebody says to me, and I've had people say this many times, well, God told me to do this. I'm able to open the Bible and say, well, no, somebody told you. A spirit told you that, but it wasn't God's spirit because God will never contradict his word. So in seasons of revival and spiritual awakening, when all kinds of things are happening, the word of God is our foundation. So that's why you've got to know the word, right? You've got to understand the word and you need to know it every day. So there's a, there's a cumulative effect of the Word of God. I know this because uh, 
I'm getting older and I'm uh, almost 70 years old. And I just have to tell you that, that, that there are things in my understanding that weren't there 15 years ago or 30 years ago that I think will equip me in times of great God's great activity to know how to help people and how to take the right path myself. So the Word of God is so essential that way. You know, I love what 2 Timothy 3, uh, 15 says. It says, all Scripture is God-breathed. It's Him just exhaling. It's, it's divinely inspired and is profitable for four things. For teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness. So look at this. It's profitable for teaching. In other words, it shows you the path. Here's the path, right? It teaches us that. But it's also profitable for reproof. When we get off the path, if we're not reading the Word of God, we don't know. We just keep going on that path. But when we're reading the Word of God every day, we see it and it reproves us. But not only reproves us and says, hey, you're off the path, it's profitable for correction. It shows us how to get back on the path and for training in righteousness. It shows us how to stay on the path so that we will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So you say, well, Bill, I, I see the value of the Word of God, but, but what, is that, what does that mean to me personally? What adjustment do I need to make in my life? Well, number one, you just got to read the Bible. <laughs> I know that sounds like a simple Sunday school answer, but you've got to read the Bible. You've just got to consume it over and over. You've got to read it when you feel like reading it and feel it, read it when you don't feel like reading it, right? Uh, just take in the content of the Word of God. And, and secondly, in our churches, we've got to teach and preach the Bible. Uh, there's a, a common malady right now in the pulpit that uh, men will take a text and announce a text, and then for the next 30 minutes, preach their opinion about a thousand things. Now, our, our task is to take the Word of God and study it and mine the depths of it so that we can give to people what God really is saying and what He intended to say. And then we've got to test everything against the Word of God, like I talked about a moment ago. But finally, we must find Jesus in the Word of God. We must find the, the Word of God is not uh, given to just expand our intellect. It's given to change our lives. One man said that the face of Jesus is on every page of this book. Uh, so our reading of the Scripture is not an academic exercise. It's an experiential exercise. I'm talking to God He's talking to me. I'm giving him time and I'm listening. I have a little uh, plaque in my office. It's my favorite quote. And it goes like this. I read thy word, O Lord, each passing day, and in thy sacred page find glad employ. But this I pray, save from the killing letter. Teach my heart, set free from human forms, the holy art of reading thee in every line, in precept, prophecy, and sign, till all my vision filled with thee, thy likeness shall reflect in me. Not knowledge, but thyself my joy. For this I pray.
when God brings revival, and he will, uh, we're praying not for just an experience-based revival that goes wherever the wind blows, uh, but a word-based revival that coming out of his, the richness of his word, led by his Holy Spirit, we experience him and we come to know him and others come to know him too in a great awakening. That's the prayer of our heart. And uh, Kyle, we could talk about this all day. All day. I know. And uh, because the word is so important to yeah. us and so valuable and so central yeah. to a, a real sustained movement of God. Right. right. I mean, as you're just talking, just honestly, the Holy Spirit speaking to me about the scripture and the role it has in revival that to think that God uses his word because it is his voice mm -hmm. to give life, mm -hmm. to bring about things in people, to bring them to life, mm -hmm. but also to guide them in life. You know, yeah. like, like how are we going to know where the wind is blowing in revival if we don't have the word right. as a foundational base, you right. know, inside of it and just, man, so grateful for God's word and its role in revival. And yeah. man, and thank you for that truth. And I think we need to spend some time with that, you know, and, and what we hope to do every podcast is to take some moments to lean into the scripture and see those responses as we're looking at right now, these seven responses to revival and desire for revival, but then also to stop and just hear stories. Mm -hmm. Man, there's something about a story that just ignites passion or belief right. and faith for it. So we want to stop and just hear a story about what God is doing somewhere right now. So let's lean in and listen. Well, we are honored today uh, to have on the One Cry podcast, uh, Jordan Easley, who is the pastor at First Baptist Church, Cleveland in Cleveland, Tennessee. Jordan, welcome. Uh, thanks, man. It's an honor to be with you guys. It's, yeah. it's awesome. Looking forward to uh, just connecting for a few minutes, talking about what the Lord has been doing. Yeah. Well, man, we've been hearing. I, I talked to your buddy, Nick Floyd, and we interviewed him not many weeks ago. And part of the One Cry podcast, Jordan, is to share truths about revival, the way God has worked in redemptive history, what happens when revival comes, how it changes culture and what moves out of it, what things God does from it. And so we share a little truth, but then we capture stories of moments and things that's happening right now to build our faith, uh, to build our faith that God still works in these ways. And so, man, we've heard about I mean, this past season at your church and some things that's happened there. And we'd love to hear from you on the front lines of it. What got you to that point? What played out in those moments in this season in your church and what, what's happening from that moment? No, that's awesome, man. It's it's always fun to talk about revival because I feel like I can talk freely with everyone understanding that none of this has anything to do with me. Uh, this is a total God thing, and you know this is our this is my twentieth year of ministry. Just finished twenty years of ministry. I've never seen anything like what we've experienced over the last really six months here in Cleveland, Tennessee. It really and it didn't start with like a, we didn't put a big circus tent in the front yard. We didn't like call in some big name speakers. Uh, I preach, I've been preaching through the book of Acts uh, for about a year. Uh, it's about a 50 week thing. And, uh, uh, and we're, we're like in chapter 21 when all this is happening. And, and so we're just moving through a book of the Bible. And, and I'm really just starting to, to sense that uh, as we're, as we're preaching and as we're, uh, we're ministering to our people, uh, that, that God wants to do something different. And so I started praying a little bit differently. I started 
walking up with some of my pastor friends and just asking that uh, that the Holy Spirit would do something that we've never seen, uh, really ne- never experienced in our in our life. And he did, man. It really all started um, around Easter. It started on Easter Sunday. And uh, that Easter, I just sensed that God, God was doing something special. And so the invitation went a little bit differently. We end every single message with a gospel invitation, a chance for people to respond. And, and a couple of people responded. But then uh, there was this second wave uh, of invitation that God just really blessed. And it's almost like the, the place just opened up and uh, people were coming forward. And, and on that day, uh, it, it was really the beginning of something pretty special. I'll tell you, I'm in a 169 year old church, man. I'm a, I'm in a first Baptist, you know, county seat church. And, and I want you to understand it's a great church, a healthy church. It's been strong for a really long time. Since Easter Sunday, we've baptized 530 something people. And, and when you look back at that, it, it's been a constant wave. Every Sunday we're baptizing people. Every Sunday people are coming to faith in Christ. And once again, it's not like we're just going crazy on the evangelism push we're, we're not we're not going like ee and we're not training on you know we're, we're just this is just preach the gospel mobilize your people get serious about the great commission reaching your neighbors for christ and just emphasizing on what what jesus emphasized mm-hmm. and uh it's been a it's been an amazing year to say the least mm-hmm. uh it started with just preaching god's word in the book of acts and yeah. praying that god would allow us to experience the Holy Spirit in 2021 like they experienced it a couple thousand years ago. Man, praise God, dude. You know, it's interesting. We, we, I'm hearing the same thing, uh, Jordan. You're probably aware of this, uh, but it seems, and this is true in the past, but it's true right now. I think that the Lord is, is moving our gaze back to the work of God, the Holy Spirit, in ways we've neglected. And he's doing it through his word. You know, it's, he's doing it through, you, you're through a journey in the book of Acts. I heard a recent testimony of a pastor that said the same thing and seeing the similar kind of activity and a lot of people coming across and being baptized. So maybe just from you from second, per second, just because there's other pastors that are listening to this, what did God start doing in your heart as you were journeying through the book of Acts? For me, I felt a little bit ripped off when I was reading through that. Yeah. I mean, even I mean, start when the Holy Spirit fell on, on, you know, you got a hundred and something people in the upper room, Holy Spirit's falling, tongues of fire. And I'm like, dang, I've known the Lord a long time. I've never experienced anything similar to that. <laughs> right. and so part of me started feeling a little bit ripped off. And, and, you know, my dad was actually my pastor growing up. Now my dad is on our staff. Yeah. So his office is next to mine. And so we're having conversations about the Holy Spirit. And I said, I want you to tell me historically why we have de-emphasized the Holy Spirit in the Baptist church. And he's wow. like, oh, we, we need to talk about this. And he was able to historically show me how, you know, we have overreacted to other movements that have taken place where people were going a little bit, a little bit too crazy and getting a little bit beyond Bible right. and how we reacted to that movement. And as a result, we pulled away from the Holy Spirit. I mean, I remember walking into his office saying, dad, I feel like my entire life and really childhood, the Holy Spirit was kind of treated like the, 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 the ugly stepbrother of the Holy Trinity, right? And, the, and we kind of put him in a corner and we say, we don't want to get too crazy. We want to keep it between the lines. And so for that reason, we're really going to focus on, you know, Jesus, and that's awesome. And the Father, and that's awesome. And the Holy Spirit is, is almost like de-emphasized. Yeah. 
And I just realized as I'm reading through the book of Acts and as I'm preaching it and as I'm sensing that God wants to do something special and really supernatural, that that can't happen without the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, for a long time, we, we, we treat the Holy Spirit as if the Holy Spirit is an it. The, the Holy Spirit is a person and the person of the Holy Spirit is power to us. He's helper to us. We need the Holy Spirit if we're going to be maximized for the kingdom of God and the glory of God, it's no wonder so many of our churches aren't seeing or sensing anything supernatural because a lot of those churches have decided that they wanted to do church without the Holy Spirit's presence. And that's a problem. Man, such good truth, Jordan. I, man, recently I've been on a journey with the Lord and specifically with the Holy Spirit. And uh, I was having this time with God recently and I, and I, I was, I felt very loved by God. And I was just letting him know I love him too, like responding. It was, you, you know, you don't have those days every day, but one of these days I was just sensing God's nearness and presence. And, and I just told the father, I love you and sat with that for a minute and then told Jesus, I love you. And then I think for, and I'm, I'm much like you 20 something years in ministry now. Uh, and I think for the first time in my faith, I said, Holy spirit, I love you. And I was overwhelmed with it, it in my spirit. It felt like the Holy Spirit said, that's good to hear. It's good to hear. Yeah. Because you know, yeah. we had not connect on that love heart level, you know, like, like, like we would emphasize with that. So tell us, Jordan, a little bit just about the church watching this, because I've heard others say your church is changing. You know, like your church is changing in, in good ways. I mean, great history, tradition, all those things. But this is a fresh move of the Lord. And what do you sense God's doing in the church right now and has done these last six months that's moving you into a new kind of future? Yeah, I, I think this this movement's given us reason to kind of reset. You know, the pandemic gave us a reason to reset. And then this movement comes out of the pandemic. And that's like a, a double reset. Now we've got this huge emphasis in our church uh, called All In. And, and I mean, it's nothing original. Everybody's wearing these these horrible pink bracelets. And I mean, everybody's asking the question, am I all in with Jesus? Right. And am I all in with church? Wow. Two big questions. And here's the deal. When our church was forced to, to really consider those two questions, am I all in with Jesus? Let me tell you, it makes the invitation real easy. Mm -hmm. This is what it means to be all in with Jesus. If you're not all in with Jesus, I ask you right now to consider giving your life to Christ, being right. saved, repenting from your sins, surrendering to Jesus, and, uh, and, and that's been a great way of seeing a lot of people come to faith in Christ. We also talk about being all in with baptism. You know, that's the first step of obedience. And what we've seen is there's a lot of people who haven't been obedient or obedient to baptism. They were baptized as an infant. They were dunked as a baby. Uh, they were baptized before they were truly saved. And so we've seen a lot of adults get saved. I'm telling you, in those 530 people, the majority of them are adults, the majority of them. Hundreds, hundreds of adults. Uh, I, I would, I would bet that there's about fifty to sixty senior adults that have been baptized in the last six months. And so, what we're seeing is people are saying, "Okay, am I all in with Jesus? Am I all in with salvation and baptism?" But then we're asking the question, "Am I all in with the church?" So we've also seen hundreds and hundreds of people join the church, and we're saying we don't want you to join our church unless you're going to be all in. We don't need attenders. Uh, we don't need you to to stand on the sidelines and watch the church be the church. We want you to jump in the deep end and be the church. Yeah. And with that, we give them expectations. Part of those expectations are 
attending. We say that we want you to attend a minimum of three hours, which one is corporate worship, one is small group, and one is uh, serving using the gifts that God has given you. Uh, but then, you know, we're asking them to be all in with their giving. We're asking them to be all in sharing their faith and being personal evangelists in our community. And our Jerusalem is starting to look a lot different because our people have been mobilized on mission. And so, man, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're just trying to emphasize the things that Jesus has told us to emphasize and put it in a practical way uh, of really releasing our people into our community on mission, on purpose. You know, it's so different, though, when there's wine uh, or the wineskin. Like when the Spirit yeah. of God is moved and it changes everything. And that's what I'm hearing, Jordan, from you is just a, the, the movement of the Spirit has changed even people's cooperation. You know, it's interesting to me in this moment that I'm hearing all these stories of the Spirit of God moving in power and and all these people being baptized, which it, which makes sense when you read Acts. You know, like there, mm-hmm. it was that first step of obedience. There, and, and you're seeing the evidence of the Spirit's movement in your church because people are obeying. They're obeying yep. and they're baptized. And then the and then I think God's given you a lot of wisdom, bro, and how you're leading. And now you're clarifying that call. So what does it mean to be all in as a follower of Christ and as a part of this church? And people are ready. They're ready to lean in. When when the wind blows, it carries people along. And so, yeah. dude, thank you for taking time. If you had one parting word, one parting encouragement for pastors out there, leaders, or people just in the church that wants to see a real move of God in their context, what would it be? Man, I'd say keep preaching, uh, preaching the word. You know, there's a scripture that says, how will they know without a preacher? Like you have to do what God's called you to do. Right. And then I'll say that even, even as a, a new pastor, I can look back to seven, eight years ago. And I can remember a season where I, as the pastor decided I wanted to be the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. And I, in some ways were preventing people from, from being obedient in baptism. And I think that sometimes we can get there. You know, when you read when you read the gospel, when you read you can read the whole New Testament, every single baptism was spontaneous. Every one of them. You don't see anything about like a a six week course that you have to to go through in order to be baptized. You don't see a curriculum that you have to get get an A or or a B plus and before that you can get baptized. I mean, it is one of those things where if someone declares that their life has changed. The old is gone and the new has come. I have repented of my sin. Jesus has saved me and made me a brand new creation in Christ. Man, it is time for that person to be baptized. And so sometimes I, I think that we try to play the Holy Spirit and we add our own rules to what it should look like when we could just go to the Bible and, and just look at that as our model. And that's what we did. man. We just said, listen, if at the end of that second wave on Easter, we did the normal wave and some people came forward and some people responded. But then I felt like the Holy Spirit said, hey, you need to you need to give some people an opportunity to do that now. And I just said, listen, the water's warm. We have two Baptists set up right now. And some of you have been waiting on the edge of your seat for way too long. It's time to get in the game. It's time to surrender your life to Christ. And if you want to do that today, you can do it today. I said, we have shirts for you. We've got shorts for you. You can give your life to Christ and leave with a brand new outfit today. Right. Because we're going to hook you up with the towel. We've got it all set up. And we just we, what we did, we eliminated all excuses. Right. And we saw people boldly stand up and and we still counseled them. They went back. We counseled them. We spent 10 minutes hearing their story, making sure, validating that they were truly a believer. Right. But then, man, we gave them the opportunity to do what Jesus told them to do. 
yeah. and that is to raise their flag for Christ in the waters of baptism, testifying what God has done in their lives. Listen, he gets the glory. He's the only one that can save anybody. But how will they know without a preacher? So let's preach the word. Let's trust the Holy Spirit's movement. Let's not treat him like one of the stepbrothers. Let's treat him like he is God. Jesus sent him for us right now so that we can be maximized for the kingdom of God and the glory of God. Praise God. Jordan, thank you so much, man, for your time and for your leadership. And, man, we are praying for you. We know the enemy hates this, hates this kind of work. And so we're going to spend some time and pray for you specifically, even in the second part of this podcast and for your church. And, uh, man, look forward to hearing more stories out of First Baptist Cleveland and your life and leadership. Appreciate you, bro. Thanks, man. Honor. Well, Kyle, what a great uh, report of what God is doing. Yeah. And, you know, today we've talked about the Word of God and its place in mm. reviving us. Mm. Somebody might say, uh, well, I just don't know practically how to get started. Right. So before we pray together yeah. and close, take a minute and just tell us, what do I do? How yeah. do I get into the Word of God? Right. Yeah, I think one. Of, it always has to land practical. I, mm-hmm. I think that we divorce those things at times, like the, all these spiritual principles, but there's got to be practices. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so how do I get into God's Word? And so one of the most spiritual decisions you will ever make about the Word of God is what way are you going to read it? Mm-hmm. What's your plan? Right. I've often had guys new to faith or really desiring to go hard after God. Like, what plan do I need to have to read the Bible. And what I found is there's no right plan. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's no wrong way really Mm -hmm. to read the word consistently as long as you're reading it consistently. Mm -hmm. So I I tell people the only bad plan is no plan. (laughs) The only bad plan to read God's Mm -hmm. word is no plan. So man, find one online. I mean, there's you versions and all kinds of great apps that give you plans through the scripture. Know how you read. Mm-hmm. And what fits you, right? You know, some people. I'm a one-year Bible guy in a lot of ways. I like yeah. getting through the whole Scripture. Some people like to free read and sort of read one book of the Bible at a time. Mm-hmm. Some have Psalms and Proverbs, and maybe uh, want to read through the New Testament. All that to say, man, find the plan that works for you, mm-hmm. and then work the plan. And that plan may vary through the years, right? Sure. You know, I I remember I my brother and I found a plan where you could read through the Bible in forty nine days. There's a lot of reading. It's not an lot. hour of reading a day. Yeah. But oh my goodness, yeah. That I do that every once in a while mm-hmm. just to get the broad scope. Mm-hmm. Now a lot of people may that's too much for right. them, but it's, and some just read a chapter a day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just get and started. read systematically. Well, and let, and I would say. You, you always need a partner in faith. Mm-hmm. You know, you always need somebody that knows what, what your spiritual journey looks like. Everybody mm-hmm. doesn't have to know that, but somebody. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe yeah. it's a friend in the faith, someone Mentor, in your church. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm going to read the Bible this way this year. Why don't you ask me about it? Mm-hmm. Well, let's see what that looks like for me. And and then get you a time that you read. Mm-hmm. You know, like find, I, I believe this more and more, 21 years of walking with the Lord now, that my spiritual life has to play out on a calendar. Yeah. Like it, 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 when we make it too like mystical, we're yeah. we're honestly many times making an excuse. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll read my Bible when I feel like. Yeah. It. Right. Well, you ain't gonna feel like it. Yeah. You yeah, just you, never yeah, feel and me, you, yeah, that. Right. And you yeah. gonna feel bad later mm-hmm. about that. So get you a plan, time when you're gonna mm-hmm. do it, and then you know honestly, man, get get your spirit right. You know, before mm-hmm. the Lord, I, I find, man, early in the morning I love to read the Word, but mm-hmm. I can just read 
the Bible and go on with my life, but mm. I, I've learned to stop and to breathe yeah. and say, Lord, speak to me. Yeah. Like, man, today I need a word. Yeah. I need a word. You know, I've, I've read through the Bible uh, yearly, but a lot of times on any given day, mm. I read until God speaks. Yeah. And then I'll stop. And I tell you another thing that's phenomenally helpful is journaling. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, get a get a journal and just put a number one. And yeah. when you see something in the scripture, write the text and just mm-hmm. write a, maybe a sentence and maybe a paragraph and maybe pages. Yeah. But there's something about retaining the scripture yeah. that is exponentially enhanced when we write it down. Yeah. And you can go back and find it. You yeah. can share it with other people yeah. when, when you write that down. So yeah. journaling is is really important. Yeah. Well, I know, Bill, that we every podcast we do this, yeah. that we don't want to just hear these principles right. and like walk away and just let it sort of sit in our mind. But let's take it before God. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's pray about yeah. it. And so yeah. I'd love to get us started with that and encourage you that are watching, listening to us. Uh, even now, to ask the Lord to show you. Maybe you need a reviving season in God's Word. Amen. And ask Him to show you what this, what step that's going right. to take. So let me pray for us, and then Bill, pray, close us out. Father, we love you, and we want to love your Word. We want to be a people of the Word. Uh, Lord, we want to know how to meet with you in your Word. We want to find you, Jesus. Lord, we want to search the Scriptures and find our Savior. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'd ask, Spirit of God, Help each listener to to think practically about that today. Mm-hmm. That Lord plans would be started today, that they would share about a moment uh, decades from now that that changed their spiritual life. Mm-hmm. And God, I ask that your word would be what your word is, living and active, mm-hmm. sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, mm-hmm. so do some surgery in each of your sons and daughters, specifically to each of these listeners, Lord, that would spread to others and what people would find and see is as a real move of God, mm-hmm. a revival that's based out of your word. Father, we know we it's just basic human nature that we do what we think is valuable. Uh, I, I don't know what somebody's doing, but I know they're doing whatever they want to do. And so, Lord, I pray that the Word of God would become valuable. Uh, Lord, this, this psalmist in Psalm 119, that it's more valuable than precious jewels, more precious than gold. He knew, Lord, he'd spent enough time with you that he knew that hearing from you was the most important thing of his day. So, Lord, would you take us there? And I pray for uh, people who are listening today on all different uh, parts of their journey, some new believers, some who've walked with the Lord for many years. I just pray for fresh wind and fresh fire, Lord, uh, in the Word of God, and that we would go there to meet with you. And, uh, Lord, when you do, it would be so precious that we would say, I've just got to have more of this. And so we pray in our churches. We pray just in individuals' lives for a revival of the study and the application and the experience with you in your word. And then, Lord, revive us according to your word, O Lord. So we ask this because, Lord, it's a... It's a horrible thing for you to be speaking and us not be listening. Mm. Forgive us for that, Lord. And I pray that we listen to you in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
Well, thanks so much for listening today. And uh, I just pray that the end result of today is you will find yourself tomorrow morning in the Word of That's God. Right. And, and every morning after that, I promise you it will transform yeah. uh, your life. And uh, we want to encourage you to take this podcast and share it with other people. Like, subscribe to it. Go on to our uh, onecry.com website. There's a lot of resources there that will help you. And uh, don't miss an episode. Join us every Tuesday these come out. Mm -hmm. And we're very prayerfully uh, asking God to help us uh, build programs that will move us toward accelerating the work of God in uh, revival and spiritual awakening. So that's our prayer, and we hope you join us every week. Thanks for coming.